What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 176 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the QAnon International Germany episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. This week, we resume our ongoing series on countries that have, for one reason or another, taken a liking to QAnon in the last four years. Now, I'll admit that there is one specific country I had hoped might escape the international spread of our favorite conspiracy theory, and that country is Germany. But hey, Pobody's Nerfect, or as the Germans would say, Wiemand ist Nullkommen. To be as thorough as possible, our guest this week is Miro Dietrich, researcher and founder of CEMAS, an organization monitoring far-right movements and conspiracy theories in Germany. But before we speak to him, Travis has kindly prepared a segment detailing the rise of QAnon in Germany, which involves sovereign citizens, NATO military exercises, and, of course, a 90s R&B singer who filmed himself weeping about children being harvested for adrenochrome. Willkommen, meine Freunden! Yes, this is, uh, I'm glad to get back into it, uh, just doing our around-the-world journey of QAnon. Now, if you'll remember, mm. the very first time we did this, we uh, took a look at uh, the Netherlands. Uh, but today, we're looking at um, basically the number one uh, country for the non-Anglosphere, which is uh, Germany. Mm. Uh, so, oh, you're just rating countries now? Well, I mean, for I mean, for for QAnon, <laughs> for QAnon. I mean, it's like oh, outside. Okay. It's like yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just making a case for German supremacy. In terms of popularity. Okay. Germany is number one outside of uh, um, non-English speaking countries. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, obviously not very familiar with like the culture of politics or Germany. So to assist with research for this episode, uh, I consulted with W.F. Thomas, who is a researcher who studies extremism, political movements, and conspiracy narratives. Uh, Thomas is an American who spent about a year living in Germany, uh, is fluent in German, and, and has done a, a, a lot of research on on uh, QAnon in uh, in that country. I mean, I remember when I first started looking at QAnon in 2018, I noticed that the very first foreign language threads on the Q research board on 8chan were in German. And this concerned me a little bit because it was like, oh my gosh, here's the thing spreading internationally. It's not just an American thing anymore. And uh, also because, you know, it's based upon my understanding, like Germany is supposed to be the model for centrist democracy now. Like as part of like Germany's legacy of denazification Germany even has like really harsh laws that prohibit advocating for extremist ideologies. Yes, we sold it to you as centrism, my friend, <laughs> but it was always a lie. Mm. So apparently the, the German penal code prohibits publicly denying the Holocaust, um, dis disseminating Nazi propaganda, and this includes sharing images such as swastikas, wearing an SS uniform, and making statements in support of Hitler. So I like the, the idea that it's publicly so that people People can still like mutter it under their breath while they're pissing. <laughs> Listen, if you're you go in your home, close the curtains, put on your ESS <laughs> uniform, doing a little, do a few Roman salutes, that's fine. But do out in public, apparently uh, you can get in trouble. Yeah, and not just with the law. I, I have a friend who uh, served in the Berlin Brigade uh, during the Cold War, and he's he's got this incredible story. He was riding on a bus uh, with a couple other soldiers, and like one of the hillbilly soldiers he was with, just as a joke, started singing like some like Nazi Nazi hymn or something like that. And my buddy said that three old guys, like in their seventies and eighties, got up from the back of the bus and started beating the shit out of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
and just fucking wailing on him. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how free speech works, too. Like, you can say your bit, but <laughs> right. nobody's yeah, you... saying that three old guys won't beat the shit out of you. Yeah, if you say something really shitty, you, you might find a fucking, a fucking fist in your mouth. Uh, you remember, um, yeah, after uh, Trump was elected and, like, you know, the world community had their initial shock and freak out over that upset election, some suggested that uh, that German leader Angela Merkel should be named the new uh, leader of the free world. Ugh. <laughs> and, um, you know, and also remember in QAnon narratives, Angela Merkel is much, much hated, uh, suspected of being Hitler's daughter. This is what they that said. Is, yes. That is such a cheap one. Like, my God, if like you're that, I mean, there's just no, it's like the first thing that like a two-year-old would think of. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally Hitler's daughter, you know that? What the fuck? Well, if you look at what the Germans did to the Greek with the, the kind of monetary system and the financial system, it, you know, they have better tools than they did back in the day, if you know what I'm saying. They, they don't need to do this kind of stuff. This is uncomfortable for Merkel. She's like, listen. We are dominating. It's just in a new way. Now, before uh, the pandemic, QAnon, there was a presence of QAnon in Germany, but it was very, very limited. Uh, one of the original QAnon promoters in that country is a former financial journalist named Oliver Yannick. I guess he's he's kind of like the, the Liz Crokin of German QAnon in that they both <laughs> – uh, worked for a fairly mainstream publications before they they lost their shit and became total conspiracists. Uh, Yannick has lived in the Philippines since 2015, and I, I know what you're thinking. There's not any evidence that he was in contact with Jim or Ron Watkins. Uh, so mm. I... <laughs> So uh, I learned that there's actually a tendency of German far-right nationalists to flee the country. Uh, famously, in previous generations, a favorite destination was Argentina. Uh, but more recently, um, German extremist video blogger named Nikolai Nerling announced his intention to stay in the country of Brazil in order to avoid prosecution. Uh, another German who described himself as uh, ultra-right wing, quite accurately, is the vegan cookbook author Attila Hildman. Okay. Well, that, that name is over the top. <laughs> so Hildman uh, became a QAnon influencer, then became an outright neo-Nazi before finally disavowing QAnon as a Jewish conspiracy. So if you start going far right, you enter QAnon land. But if you keep going, you go past QAnon world and you just see Jews everywhere. You can't see QAnon anymore. You start seeing that QAnon was actually a Jewish conspiracy because everything is if you're that far right. Traded my cues for my Jews. Hildman wound up fleeing Germany for Turkey as he faced legal prosecution for incitement and Holocaust denial. In fact, German conspiracists fleeing Germany is such a popular trend that some have started a little settlement in Paraguay called El Paraíso Verde. Uh -huh. So this is from that colony's website. El Paraíso Verde was started in 2016 with the dream of a better life and future outside of the quote-unquote matrix. The socialist trends of current economic and political situations worldwide, as well as the global spread of degenerative implementations such as 5G, chemtrails, fluoridated water, mandatory vaccinations, and healthcare mandates were our catalyst to seek a new frontier of possibilities. Hey, is this like a crypto land thing? Or <laughs> it might as well be. We were guided to our paraiso so our vision could have room to flourish. We have found the place where we can live in our state of truth and lift the constructed veil perpetuated by the mainstream media and most societies. With over six square miles of land, clean air, and pure water, El Paraíso Verde is set for a green, sustainable way of life. 
Our green paradise has become a refuge for quote-unquote conservative free thinkers, for nonconformists, and for those looking to live their best life on their terms. It's incredible now that, like, Nazism is, is like, indistinguishable from a company selling you its lifestyle on their website. Like, everyone's looking to live their best life. Show up as your best self in the moment. You know what? <laughs> it's funny. You go, they actually have a YouTube page too. And it looks like a YouTube page for like an all-inclusive resort in the Bahamas where like yeah. you have Germans talking about like, oh yes, I came here and I am much happier. It's much more peaceful. I have a house here. And uh, you know, sometimes, you know, the water isn't always warm, but uh, I can get it, I can get that fixed. But um, yeah, they're selling a lifestyle. You're right. And they're really playing with the word paraiso, which is just paradise. They're, they're really saying like, we were guided to our paradise. This is the promised land for the chosen people, as in uh, people too anti-Semitic to not be anti-Semitic in public. <laughs> so this colony was started by a couple named Sylvia and Erwin Anno. And um, on their about page, it states, quote, we are not gurus and we are not cult leaders. We firmly reject that. I gotta say, my suspicion that they are cult leaders only rose when I when I uh, yeah. said that. Also, when I saw their couple photo in which they are wearing matching black pants and button-up shirt. And when you're matching clothes and you start a colony in South America and you insist that you're not a cult leader, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't sound great. Yeah, but they just look like 22 year olds going bowling or something. Like <laughs> this is the strangest. They are they are truly uncanny. Like they look like. They look very healthy, which is funny because, of course, eco-fascism is now, like, completely integrated into Nazism and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And uh, they're probably new age, too. Like, they probably could talk to you about chakras as well. I bet their diet is amazing. Are they both wearing a Hello, My Name Is stickers? Because that's sus. No, that's like their paradise. It says Paraiso on it, so it's like their little... Oh, it's like their branded cult. Shirts, yeah. kind it's of. Like, remember when Adam and Eve were in paradise? They had the word paradise written on their chests. Right, right, right. And and Adam and Eve in in messy in messy Pinterest cursive stitched into the backs. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Wow. Now, while the QAnon-promoting ex-journalist Oliver Yannick was in the Philippines, he hopped on the Q train very early. In 2017, he made a video titled, Who is Q? Trump's Secret Agent? And it received over 90,000 views. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oliver Yannick also uh, shared a German translation of Joe M's Plan to Save the World video, which, you know, mm. it itself may be responsible for red-pilling more people into QAnon than any other, uh, you know, QAnon video propaganda. Oh, yeah. Now... You know, this, I mean, the situation is pretty funny because here we have like a German in the Philippines promoting an American conspiracy theory through a video that was possibly produced by a South African. Many people suspect Joe M of being South African. He has been doxxed, so we, know, we don't know for sure. Um, but, uh, and this has all been done to fight against the evils of globalism. For years, the largest QAnon network in Germany has been called Global Change. That's just global change with a Q where mm. a G is supposed to be. And they have a YouTube channel, Telegram. Facebook, uh, at least before they, you know, got banned. But like, you know, it was sort of like the biggest um, German QAnon one-stop shop for all your baking needs. However, these efforts to like promote QAnon as a sort of distinct movement didn't prove to be very successful in Germany as it was here in the United States. In Germany, QAnon didn't find much success until it started grafting onto existing extremist movements. Now, one of the movements that took a liking to QAnon in Germany is the Reichsburger movement or the Reich Citizens movement. This is like the German sovereign citizens. 
Uh, these are people who believe that the German state, as most people conceive of it, is really an administrative construct of Western powers, and uh, therefore they reject the legitimacy of the Federal Republic of Germany and its governmental authorities. Well, to be clear, the German state is part of the EU, which is essentially an administrative construct of Western powers. It's pretty funny because like that's, that side is good, and then they're like, and therefore the legitimacy of the Federal Republic of Germany, it's just, oh, fuck it, I'm throwing it all in the garbage. No, I mean, it's like, it's. I mean, it's the same thing with like sovereign citizens who believe that the United States doesn't exist, basically. And it's, mm -hmm. it stopped being a country in 1871. And it's actually this fictional corporation and it's not real. Mm -hmm. And if you say the magic words, then all of a sudden you can sort of revert back to the old times. You enter into a time machine. Everything's better again. Yeah, this is a good way for people to uh, take aim at, uh, you know, the corporations without really doing anything. So the Reichsburgers, um, they unite around the idea that the German Empire's 1871 borders are still legitimate. They also like the year 1871. Maybe that's a coincidence. Uh, like the sovereign citizens, uh, they refuse to pay taxes and they try to advance their cause with frivolous lawsuits. Uh, the Reichsburger scene began to develop in the 1980s, and um, apparently it's not that popular. It has about 19,000 supporters, according to German intelligence officials. Um, several splinter groups, they take it even further by uh, moving from disobedience to creating their own side of like parallel competing pseudo-state. For instance, there's one man named Alexander Scholwak who proclaimed himself the head of the legitimate government in exile of the German Reich. And his supporters say that they only adhere to the laws from the now defunct German regime. They also issue a Reich Pass, which is an alternative passport for this alternative conception of the German state, which is, you know, fun. It's like, you know, it's getting, it's getting like a passport from Disneyland or something. It, uh, you know... <laughs> Also, like the sovereign citizens in the U.S., they are a big fan of stockpiling guns, though it is harder to do in Germany than here in the U.S. German authorities have occasionally attempted to do, like, raids on Reichsburger members um, who have allegedly stockpiling guns, which has led to shootouts. Uh, one of the group's members, who is a former Mr. Germany beauty pageant winner named Adrian <laughs> Ursake, he was convicted for attempted murder after uh, starting a shootout with police in 2016. And oh, I gotta wow. say, I don't know, I don't know, very strange to be literally Mr. Germany <laughs> and then say the German That's... state isn't real. What are you representing then, Mr. Germany? Yeah, imagining this guy coming out of his house with like some sort of assault rifle feels like a C-tier, like wannabe Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's like Terminatrix, <laughs> you know, like one of those kind of like fake mm -hmm. movies that like you see like way, way, way at the bottom of Netflix. These days, I'm not feeling like Mr. Germany. I'm kind of feeling like Mr. One World Government. I think it's time to do something. <laughs> and the sash he's wearing in this picture says Space Dream. <laughs> Interesting. That's what I would describe him as. Yeah, he's a snack. Another member of the Reichsburger movement named Wolfgang P. in, in media reports was sentenced to life in prison for murdering a police officer in 2017. Uh, the man used an automatic rifle to open fire on security forces when they raided his home in search of weapons that he had stockpiled. Wolfgang P. Skirt? Holy shit. Yeah, it gets serious. So apparently people in the Reichsburger movement identify themselves by flying the flag of the old German Empire. Though evidently this can get confusing because out and out neo-Nazis also fly this flag because they could face legal consequences for displaying the swastika. 
Mm. Yeah. The popularity of QAnon in Germany accelerated due to the coronavirus, as it did here in the U.S. Uh, The combination of global upheaval, economic downturn, and government-mandated lockdowns turned people who were maybe kind of conspiratorial into full-on QAnon believers. In uh, 2020, uh, the German publication Der Spiegel interviewed one 58-year-old woman who was radicalized as a consequence of the pandemic. Ellen Calwait borsch is an alternative psychotherapy practitioner. She explains that in her office, she tries to help patients, quote, integrate feelings and shadow aspects, and says that business was going great until the pandemic. Quote, that knocked me off my feet. Her income dwindled along with her happiness. She asked herself, quote, why are people creating such terror worldwide? Because of a virus that is proven to not do what people have claimed it does? Kawait Borsch says that as soon as something seems strange to her and the facts don't add up, quote, I immediately start digging. With this corona story, I say, okay, I'll give you until Easter. By then I will have found out what's going on. She says that she was willing to, quote, keep quiet until then. That's over now. Now she no longer wants to allow a supposed elite directed by the World Health Organization to destroy her life. She believes this elite wants to establish a, quote, new world order and oppress citizens. Quote, at first they tried it through the climate. Now they're trying it through corona. She believes a small group is getting richer through the pandemic. Quote, and then we get into the deep state. She believes it's possible that a youth-giving elixir is being created from the blood of children, as QAnon claims. She said that her transformation happened, quote, bit by bit. At first, there was her skepticism of conventional medicine. She says she met people at the Buddhist center that, quote, thought differently. She dove deeply into naturopathic medicine, tried urine therapy, and became skeptical of vaccines. She is worried, she says, that a genetic vaccine against COVID-19 could turn people into cyborgs. Yep. By the way, urine therapy is just drinking your own piss. (laughs) It's not like a fucking method of... <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not like getting put under hypnosis and thinking about all the times you peed. A lot of people do it, though, incredibly, at least in these kind of scenes. She jumps up and disappears into the house. When she returns to the patio, she has a walnut-sized yellow clump in her hand, inorganic sulfur. She bites into it. Quote, it helps heal the gut, she says. She says that QAnon is about being a, quote, sovereign human being. She argues that the truly dangerous terrorism organization is Antifa, something she heard on the X-22 report. And, she says, someone else in the movement told her that the coronavirus will stop once Trump is reelected. <laughs> yeah, X-22 is like old, oh, probably yeah. longest standing. Yeah, X-22 report. That's one of the, I think they started out with like uh, trying to claim there's an imminent financial collapse, but they got deep into QAnon stuff, so... It's worth noting that the far right in Germany just generally exploited the pandemic as a way to push their agenda. For example, the German far right party, which is the AFD or the alternative for Germany. AFD began as a response to the anger and fear that some Germans felt when their currency, the Deutsche Mark, was subsumed by the euro. It grew in popularity as it shifted its attention to immigration and peaked when it attacked German Chancellor Angela Merkel's decision to allow a record number of asylum seekers into Germany. In fact, it became the third largest party in the country and the de facto opposition party to the coalition centrist government. But then, as the number of refugees entering Germany subsided and the resettlement proved to be largely successful, AFD instead exploited fears about the pandemic and this response. 
In one poll, 24% of AFD supporters stated that the corona pandemic is a conspiracy to oppress people, and an additional 41% consider that statement to be likely. So, I mean, this is an interesting thing where, like, you know, these natural phenomenons, which affect everyone, like this worldwide virus or, you know, the changing climate, which is just forces that are just happening, are considered to be, like, part of a nefarious conspiracy to... uh, exert control. Right. Because, I mean, it's exactly like you said. These are things that the ordinary citizen can't control. It's out of their control. It has nothing to do with them. There's nothing that they can really do. And mm-hmm. so it's it's much easier to assign it, uh, you know, this sort of nefarious sort of plot, because then it's something that you can vote out or, or you know, protest against, you know, something to fight back against. Now, um, on social media, there were like AFD and QAnon hashtags pushed together to suggest that like, you know, AFD supporters and QAnon supporters, that there's a lot of overlap there or that AFD supporters were using passion around QAnon in order to support their cause. Uh, But QAnon proved to be an unreliable partner for that political party. A report for the uh, Institute for Strategic Dialogue uh, talks about one instance during a Bavarian election in 2018 where German QAnon members were split on how to vote. Some recommended voting for AFD, while others wanted to give up on electoral politics entirely. Here's from that report. A rift emerged among members of the QAnon conspiracy theory communities on Discord and 4chan. While some members recommended voting for AFD, others tried to push for a no vote. One user wrote, The elections are invalid since 1956. If you want something new, you should not vote, and AFD are the Trojan horse. And, quote, the voters are the idiots. They support the system. Another event that really helped to light the fuse for QAnon in Germany was a NATO military exercise called Defender Europe 20. So in this exercise, the U.S. planned to send uh, tens of thousands of troops to Europe in April of May of 2020. And it was the biggest military exercise on uh, European soil in decades. It was supposed to underscore Washington's commitment to NATO. The purpose was to test the ability of the United States to transport uh, their soldiers across the Atlantic to Belgium and the Netherlands and then move quickly east through Germany into Poland along NATO's eastern flank. So basically, basically, if World War III breaks out, how quickly could the U.S. get their troops in position is the basic purpose of this exercise. No, this makes perfect sense. I mean, NATO was designed to fight uh, communism in the USSR, which is obviously a huge force still. So doing a big, aggressive uh, cross, uh, you know, cross-continent exercises is, is just normal because we are the good guys. And there's these bad communists out there, obviously. I mean, you can see how China and Russia are just communist strongholds right now. Uh, The Bolsheviks are in charge there. So, no, 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 this is all good and smart, actually. It's part of a normal tactical way of thinking. NATO's eastern flank. A fucking coalition of countries created to defeat something that was dissolved in the fucking 90s. Sorry. Now... That's one objection to these kinds of exercises, but uh, conspiracists had a different one. Uh, they, of course. <laughs> they, uh, and, and also, by the way, thank God. 
<laughs> they actually, the funny thing is that, correction, they actually weren't objecting to it at all. They actually became convinced that the secret purpose of this military exercise was to uh, yeah. conduct raids on deep underground military bases or dumbs. Oh. Of course, these were supposedly a way to free all of the many children who were being sex trafficked mm. by the oh ball in these entirely fictional, not real, uh, underground bases. I thought at least it would be like an Alex Jones style, like FEMA camp thing where they think that NATO is like the UN, even though NATO is like no. way more able to, you know, to act militarily uh, on the international scene. But I love this. This is like, no, no, no. NATO are the good guys, which is very rare in conspiracy theories <laughs> or in anything to have a big, yeah. you know, and they're actually going to liberate the mole children. In the Ukraine, we have mole children. That's, that's how you can really wage war. We need not just to claim they're doing false flags. America should straight up say we're going to rescue the mole children under Kharkiv airport. We're going there right now. We're sending SAMs. We're sending all kinds of different uh, new bombs we've invented because we will save the mole children. Sam is a surface-to-air missile, so I, I mean, this would probably be, you know, something different, unless the children are being flown through the air, which is well, yeah, no, because the cabal will try possible. to defend their deep underground military bases by using drones, like, mm, and you know, yeah. Sams are very useful against drones. <laughs> No, but I remember when this was a really big thing in QAnon, very very early on, where any footage of any sort of military training exercise was explained as like, oh, it's an undercover operation. I remember there was one in Los Angeles, I think, where they they thought that somebody was being like extracted from a hotel mm -hmm. or something like that. This this was big. If if you're lucky enough to to capture any kind of military uh, training exercise on videotape, I mean that's 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 good conspiracy currency. Yeah, remember when Obama freaked everybody out by running like super specific like secret ops in Michigan, basically, like after they had a water crisis and oh, just yeah, they fucking freaked out because he's. He, I mean, it was like totally like no one knew they were happening, and then suddenly there were helicopters, multiple squads like going into buildings and stuff, and apparently they had um. They had like greenlit uh, like uh, these military exercises, which is just so fun for the population to just be like randomly traumatized when you're like, are we being invaded? It is fun. I was actually uh, I was driving down to uh, Palm Springs this this uh, past weekend, and I saw this like big plane. And I turned to my partner, and I was like, "Oh, I think that's like a look at that military like look at that military cargo plane." And she was like, "It's no, it's not. It's it's too no. It's flying so close to us. That's a small plane. It's a small plane." I was like, "No, no, no." I was like, "I think that's a big plane that's far away, and oh, so okay. it looks like it's close to us because it's so big." And uh, we, you know, we agreed to. Do disagree and then like literally five minutes later i saw two f-35 jets like streak through the air like doing you know some top gun shit uh -huh. and it was fucking awesome i didn't think that there was any sort of uh you know ulterior sort of reasoning for this i just assumed that they were running training exercises uh but i thought it was awesome i i've never seen a, a fighter jet like out in broad daylight like that was a new experience for me i loved it i'm mm. for this and we now know that when the time comes jay Jake will go with a smile. I will. I will. He's you like, know what? This I've done cool. a lot of fucking work getting to that point. I mean, <laughs> man, I mean, I'm the kind of person that is uh, genetically disposed to be afraid of moles. And I'm not talking about mole children or the what? animals, but moles on my body. And so to get to a point where I'm okay with, with whatever impending doom uh, is on the horizon, that's good. That's a lot of hard work. And I'm happy to be here. Congrats, Jake. Thanks. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> so um, I'm going to play a video talking about the conspiracy theory that this NATO exercise was really a sort of a child rescue operation, and it was really popular on Facebook. And in the video, you may recognize the voice of a conspiracist, new age UFO influencer, David Wilcock. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently there's a big theosophy uh, scene in, in Germany. They're into that stuff. That stuff and obviously German new medicine came out of there. In March 2020, the United States deployed 30,000 troops to Europe to assist with the excavation of DUMS, also known as deep underground military bases. This was actioned to free child trafficked children and arrest deep state cabal members. The US has already sent 30,000 troops to Europe where most of these guys running the Illuminati live in their strongholds. Here is one of several headlines you could read about this. Dated March 15th, 30,000 American troops arrive in Europe amidst the COVID-19 crisis. It is kind of tragic for people whose theories rely on this, that they have to say the word dumb every time they make a claim. <laughs> so apparently um, <laughs> the paranoia around this particular military exercise uh, led to a kind of marriage between QAnon and the Reichsburgers online. And um, on March 5th, 2020, the, the elements of the QAnon and the Reichsburgers fused into a common Facebook group. It was followed later by a Telegram channel. So mm-hmm. like in the US, QAnon in Germany also got a boost thanks to aging celebrities. In the U.S., of course, uh, early QAnon boosters included the comedian Roseanne Barr and baseball player uh, Kurt Schilling. But in Germany, one of the earliest Q-pilled celebrities is the R&B singer Xavier Nadu. So he has enjoyed a long recording career starting in the 90s, and he has even managed to get singles charted as recently as 2019. So still very active. Yeah. Young junglers! Young junglers! It's yes. a very classy music video, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, well, well shot. Uh, but unfortunately, he is uh, a major voice for QAnon in Germany. <laughs> cool. Which is apparently was unsurprising. I, I've been told that uh, uh, that controversy sort of followed him for years. Uh, for example, he promoted the um, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that German history of the 20th century can be blamed on the Rothschild family. Mm. He also once spoke at a meeting for the Reichsburger movement. These views became a problem when it was announced that he would represent. Germany for the Euro- Eurovision Song Contest in 2016, and he wound up um, actually not doing that because mm-hmm. of this. So he's always been kind of controversial. Mm. In March of 2020, Xavier Nadu published a video of himself weeping about the children who supposedly were being enslaved and tortured for their entering the chrome. Pedophile. Netzwerke befreit. <lacht> Aber nicht so wie ihr denkt. Nicht das Pädophil, was mir meint. Adrenochrom. 
man, it, it is heartbreaking always to see these guys break down because they are having a true emotional moment. You know, it, it really isn't faked. And it's just like, no, what do you tell, what do you tell someone who's having a, a, a an emotional breakdown because they think that adrenochrome is being harvested? No, it's, yeah. it is, it is like, you know, it's like, yeah, it, I'm not doubting the sincerity of their emotional experience anymore. I'm, I would doubt the sincerity of the emotional experience of a child who just watched the never ending story for the first time. <laughs> I cried at the end of White Fang in the movie theater. I was pretty scared by that. I probably cried too, yeah. But the problem is, is that this is an adult, a grown person who's weeping over the peril of imaginary children. We live in a world in which there are real children who could use the help of a successful recording artist. Yeah, they could use your tears. They could put the tears in a little jar and sell them. Yeah, it's like, yeah, spend those tears somewhere else, player. Like, it's, they're not, <laughs> you're not getting it, like any bang for your buck, yeah. like wasting them on like the, the imaginary children, like from the underground tunnels. You mm. know what I mean? It's like, why not focus? It, this is what's so fucking, it, it breaks my brain still, like, Travis, you, you you said it. Like, there are children that are in serious need of help in this world. Uh, even children uh, that are being trafficked. That is a real thing. Um, but the, the this idea to choose the version of that story that, A, there is, you know, there's no real evidence for, uh, and B, uh, does the least amount of help for these people, like, it's just baffling to me. Like, if you're a fucking famous celebrity, you're no doubt hounded by people who are like, oh, would you like to donate to this charity? And here's what we do at this charity. And and for some reason, that's not good enough. It's, it's because like, it's because the, the, the esoteric knowledge is the point. The mm, idea that yeah. you know something that is secret and hidden. Yes. That is the actual reality beneath, you know, this veil of, of perception and, and lies. That's what is the attraction. Like, of course, they're not going to go for something that doesn't involve yeah, any, any old, special any knowledge. Old Travis View could, you know, donate to charities or organizations that <laughs> no, uh, help children so. who have been trafficked no, or, he uh, care you know, that. who are in need of any kind of assistance, but only, no, only R&B star uh, Xavier, uh, <laughs> you know, can weep uh, over the secret children that people tell him is a conspiracy theory, you know, and nobody will help them. Don't cry, Mr. Naidu. You know, in uh, Germany, they don't call it an adrenochrome farm. They call it a Kinderklinten. And I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. What? I don't know if that's true. It just has what? Clinton in it. <laughs> A Kinder Clinton uh, <laughs> from the Latin root kindergarten. That just means uh, child Clinton. Yeah, uh. child Clinton. <laughs> Be careful, children, or the child Clinton will get you when you sleep if you behave badly. <laughs> the child Clinton. Oh my goodness. Uh, Boys, we've invented a, a new mess. cryptid. <laughs> now, the lockdown measures intended to control the pandemic in Germany were generally stricter than what happened in the U.S. Uh, there was initially a prohibition for uh, restaurant tours uh, to not provide any in-house dining uh, service providers in close contact professions such as hairdressers, makeup artists, and uh, massage and tattoo providers were all required to close. A response to these lockdown measures, protest movements sprang up. The most notable of these is the Querdenken movement, or the lateral thinking movement. The main Querdenken group is called Querdenken 711. The 711 is the telephone area code for Stuttgart, Germany, where this particular group is based. Now, there are other uh, Querdenken organizations in other cities that have different numbers. 
The group claims to be fighting for the German constitution, which they say has been violated by these efforts to contain the pandemic. Now, on the surface, that sounds, you know, like a reasonable complaint, but a little digging reveals that in their documents, their literature, they're really animated by a lot of conspiratorial nonsense, such as the belief that the coronavirus pandemic was artificially generated as part of a plot to force vaccines on people. Querdenkin 711 is led by a man named Michael Balveg. In early August, uh, he seemed to appeal directly to QAnon by including uh, Where We Go One, We Go All in a speech of his. Yeah. Where we go one, we go all. Meine eigene Interpretation. Wenn wir uns vereinen, dann entsteht eine Kraft, die unaufhaltbar ist. Not a good thing to hear in the middle of a German speech, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but at least they've it. got a, a sign interpreter so that it's more accessible to more people. Mm. That's very thoughtful. My God. Wait, so that sign person had to do... Where we go where one, we go, we one, go, one, go, we go all. all. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Balveg also at times made direct appeals to Donald Trump in English. Dear Mr. President, <laughs> unfortunately, the German government ignores the people. As the only American president who has not started a war, we hereby cordially invite you to speak on the subject of peace on August 29th, 2020. Now, claiming that Donald Trump is the only president to not wage war is Jimmy Carter erasure, I would argue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, at this point, we don't consider any of our tactical deployments military war. We just, mm. everything is completely kind of uh, segmented. And we, we, you know, we're actively, we have troops in multiple countries. Listen, just, listen, occupation isn't war. Yeah, it. It's a conflict. It's it's a conflict. It's not a war. It's different. Yeah. You just don't have to ask Congress anymore. That's the main thing. You don't have to bother with those fucking losers. So uh, Donald Trump did not show up to that August 29th, 2020 demonstration. And, you know, good thing for him, um, possibly, because uh, things got out of hand uh, in an incident that seemed to foreshadow the events of January 6th in D.C. In Berlin, an estimated 38,000 people marched for this protest. Uh, protesters brandished signs reading, take off the slave masks, while others held up peace flags. Police asked the crowd to maintain social distance and then at least wear masks. These, these calls were unsurprisingly <laughs> not heeded. After this, police asked the crowd to disperse. And then after this, uh, a minority of the protesters, a few hundred estimated, started causing trouble. There was a violent scene outside of the Russian embassy in Berlin where people threw bottles and they started chanting support for Vladimir Putin. About 200 of these people were arrested, including our vegan cook slash neo-Nazi Attila Hildman. The other incident was when a group of protesters broke through a barrier and made it onto the steps of the Reichstag, which is the German parliament. Uh, they nearly breached the Reichstag when they were, they, were, they were being held back by just three police officers, but then backup came and then uh, were, was able to make them disperse without, uh, I guess, major incident. Now, through 2020 and 2021, uh, QAnon slogans and symbols were regular features of these anti-lockdown protests. You could see people holding up signs, wearing Q t-shirts, and it was just sort of like integrated into the, um, the protest anti-lockdown sort of movement. However, in late 2020, Michael Balweg uh, 
called on supporters to pause protests until the spring. The announcement happened to coincide with press reports that questioned the group's finances. German media reported that he was making a profit from uh, Querdenken merchandise, charging people for appearances with him <laughs> and asking supporters to donate to what was said was the movement's bank account, even though it was his own personal bank account. And I got to say, awesome. I was hearing this story, I was reading about the story, and I got how quaint it is that, like, I guess a far-right protest movement uh, organizer could be profiting from this movement and then it be reported on and then cause this person to back off a little bit. That's insane. I mean, it was recently reported from the Huffington Post that Alex Jones made $165 million over the course of three years. It's kind of assumed and expected that if you're leading these kinds of conspiracist movements, you're uh, you're you're wetting your mm -hmm. beak a little. You're taking a little sub for yourself. It's like it's part of the process. <laughs> but apparently it was, you know, oh, it was a, a shameful scandal in Germany. I'm sorry that there are all nations morally superior to America. <laughs> All right. <laughs> in Germany, like in the U.S., uh, the pandemic and prevention measures continue to be fuel for extremist ideology and even violence. In September 2020, a German man murdered a gas station cashier after being asked to wear a mask. It was later discovered that the murderer was active in online far-right conspiracy chats. Last December, a German man killed his entire family and himself after being caught with a fake vaccination card. Uh, it was revealed that uh, he was active in uh, telegram chats of the anti-lockdown scene. Also in December, a German police arrested people who plotted the murder of the governor of the German state of Saxony due to vaccine requirements. So uh, that's all horrible stuff. That's basically a story of QAnon in Germany. It was uh, it was this fringe thing that only a handful of weirdos cared about. But then it was inflamed by the chaos caused by the pandemic. Uh, far right groups who wanted to piggyback on QAnon's message and celebrities who were entering the twilight of their career, which, you know, is kind of like the story of uh, QAnon here in the U.S. But in Germany, they're still, we're still doing worse in terms of like the growth of the extremist ideology. <laughs> like their, their far right party, the AFD gets like polls at like around like 10% and they're like a minority party. And, um, and like their big, scary democracy threatening sort of, uh, you know, event was a bunch of protesters almost breaching a government building. So, you know, obviously it's bad. It's uh, QAnon in Germany is, is troubling, but, you know, I can't say that uh, Americans have any room to judge uh, where they're at, you know, extremism wise. Yeah. Very, uh, very familiar story. Yeah. Yeah. It's all incredibly recognizable. We are joined now by Miro Dietrich. He is a German far-right researcher and founder of the organization CMOS. Miro, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you have been uh, studying these movements in uh, Germany for a long time now. And as we came to understand, you can't really understand QAnon in Germany without first understanding the kind of existing extremist movements in Germany. And um, first of all, I want to talk about uh, AFD, which is uh, you know, the alternative for Germany, the um, far right party. So it's my understanding that a decade ago, this party was essentially had no representation in uh, the federal parliament. Uh, but that changed in recent years. Uh, and now they're basically the major opposition party. So how did that happen? So for the longest time in Germany, the stigma of Nazi Germany helped us to sort of um, step away far-right politicians from getting into parliament. As we've seen far-right uh, parties uh, grow in size and all over Europe, it took Germany a longer time. And I think... Uh, 
beginning with uh, the so-called refugee crisis that we had in Europe, where a lot of refugees came to Germany. This was uh, the moment um, the far right could seize on sort of a more general fear. It finally, for them, made them into parliament. But if we look at surveys in Germany, it's not like there weren't any far right beliefs. It was just a bit taboo to vote for a party that's so openly far right. That's kind of like the electoral wing uh, of the uh, far right. But we also talked in this episode about the uh, Reichsburger movement, which uh, they're often described as like uh, the German sovereign citizens. And they have some really bizarre, far out conspiratorial beliefs about the German government. So where did they come from? And what is their sort of like core belief systems? Yeah, we have several versions of sovereign citizenship in Germany. The Reichsburger are sort of um, the German specialty of, Reichs of sovereign citizenship. Um, they believe that uh, the German Reich is still in existence and that Germany is not a sovereign country. And we see that from the beginning of the pandemic, it's sort of the growth of QAnon in Germany and um, sovereign citizens' belief were pretty close uh, hand in hand with each other. Yeah, the pandemic seemed to like inflame a lot of these uh, extremist conspiracist movements. Um, and one of them uh, was the, the protest movement called the uh, Querdenken. How do you pronounce that? Querdenken. Okay. Yeah. So the leader of uh, apparently Querdenken seven one one, Michael Balweg, he openly used a QAnon slogan uh, in English during a uh, protest in uh, August of twenty twenty. Uh, so how did this uh, movement form, and why did they seem to like graft right onto QAnon? There were several uh, movements in Germany who uh, resisted the measurements against the pandemic. One of the most successful was Querdenken. They started in the south of Germany and they were quite quickly uh, really professional in their setups. They rallied huge marches, especially in Berlin. And um, they sort of presented a more uh, normal uh, view on the outside of uh, the movement against the, the COVID measurements. But if you looked at them more closely, you've seen them talking with far-right uh, individuals, and you see them flirting with sovereign citizen talks. So uh, when he said, uh, where we go one, we go all on stage, it was clearly a flirting with um, the QAnon community. You know, it's my understanding that also at these protest movements, you can regularly see like QAnon signs and QAnon shirts, QAnon merchandise, like even though these, these aren't specifically, these are supposed to be like anti-lockdown protests or anti-sort of uh, pandemic measurement protests, but uh, QAnon seems to be integrated into that movement. Yeah. So for the history of QAnon in Germany, it wasn't never really an issue before the pandemic. Um, with the Yellow West, we saw some people on the streets with QAnon signs, but it never grew as a big movement. And only with the beginning of the pandemic, it quite exploded. Um, in Before the pandemic, the biggest QAnon uh, channel in Germany had 20,000 subscribers. And within weeks of the pandemic, it grew to 40,000, 80,000. And now it sits at 140,000 subscribers. So the movement against restrictions in Germany is quite linked with the QAnon movement. Without this pandemic, we wouldn't see such a big rise in the QAnon movement. So it's clear that they are a big part of these marches. Mm. After January 20th, it was clear that this brand of QAnon is not that helpful a lot of people uh, stopped um, using it, but we still see it quite alive in, to, in Germany today. If you, for example, look at a Telegram channel that just started in the beginning of 2021, 
It had zero subscribers, but gained over 120,000 subscribers just in 2021. So it's not over here, but most people don't want to associate with it that public anymore. Mm. In this episode, we also talked a bit about an early QAnon promoter named Oliver Yannick, who is apparently a former financial journalist who was uh, one of the first sort of major people to promote QAnon, who apparently lives in the Philippines and vlogs, does a lot of like um, uh, promoting extremism views. So, I mean, what is this guy's story? Why is, why is he uh, causing problems in Germany? So he's a libertarian. He founded a libertarian party. And even when he was a financial writer, he already talked about 9-11 conspiracies. So it was always something close to him. And once again, with the so-called refugee crisis in Europe, he started um, to have more racist views and find an audience. He was an early adapter of Telegram. Before the pandemic, he had the biggest channel there with like 40,000 subscribers. Um, but he always was in this uh, global conspiracy. He made it a quite successful business. He sells several books. He sells special access to a secret Telegram channel that you have to pay to. So um, he was always driven by conspiracy ideas. Mm. And what's maybe interesting on Oliver Yannick is that he started promoting um, QAnon in November 2017. So he was really early on it, but um, after January 20th of last year, he sort of started distancing himself from this idea. And recently he realized that um, as a libertarian, it doesn't really make sense to believe in QAnon because there can't be a just ruler. So it's a bit strange right. um, if he was one of the core promoters uh, of popularizing this in Germany to now see that um, it's actually not that um, sensible in his ideology. Yeah, it doesn't fit into the grift. <laughs> yeah, and he and he's and he's also one of the um, more worse uh, example to see that Telegram just doesn't do any moderation. His um, account there has one hundred seventy thousand subscribers, and he regularly calls for violence there. And when January sixth was happening, he talked about you have to bring the ropes, you have to hang the traders, otherwise the rats will always come back if you don't kill them. And it's quite a regular thing, this sort of language, um, and Telegram just doesn't do anything against it. Um, quick question. Uh, what Before QAnon and, and before it sort of gained popularity in Germany, what were the predominant conspiracy theories that sort of, you know, circled around the message boards and other places that people could find conspiratorial content? I think 9-11 was definitely a start for many people in Germany as in the U.S., in the far right, the idea of the Great Replacement was definitely the dominant one, I think. Other than that, it's just um, the world conspiracy of a elite that's trying to hurt Germans, the press not being free, um, so the basic usual stuff. Right. I had some questions about um, the origins of, of conspiracy theories and QAnon and the kind of crossover we've seen with the New Age, because, you know, German New Medicine is something that I hear come up in these circles a lot. And I, if I understand correctly, uh, some of the influencers and some of the people who got into this came to it through, you know, either naturopathy or, or other kind of alternative medicine, uh, uh, you know, systems. There was even mention of a Buddhist center where people were trading these kinds of ideas. And so that, that is the kind of uh, thing that we, we've seen in the U.S. But could you tell us a bit more about, you know, how that and maybe theosophy, uh, you know, exists in Germany? We definitely, especially in the South, we have a stronger anthroposophy uh, scene. And that's sort of the split that we see in Germany in, in the marches against the measurements, that in the South, it's more from an esoteric side, more of a, um, of more from this side. And in the East, it's more from a far right side. 
And we definitely, the if we look at Europe, Germany has one of the smallest vaccinations rate. Um, so often it's linked to sort of this belief in more natural healing and more an, an alternative medicine. Mm. And we definitely see this, that um, in the South, we, there are more protests. Mm. Yeah, apparently... Um... <laughs> Uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, people abandoning QAnon, apparently this was also the trajectory of Attila Hilsman, who was, uh, you know, Turkish, uh, German, uh, vegan chef turned QAnon promoter turned, you know, far right, eventually abandoned QAnon. Apparently he got in some trouble for his participation in uh, the events of August 29th, 2020. So um, what exactly happened there? Why did he wind up fleeing the country? Attila Hitman has a lot of problems with the law. Um, he had several posts uh, on Telegram that quite clearly broke the law. So um, he fled the country before an arrest warrant was is issued. He actually was warned from someone inside the police that an arrest warrant was out for him, um, but he already left the country. So for him, it's um, legal problems why he left the country. And it's also a sign of um, doing these radicalization on this cause of violence on Telegram. There's a lot of measurements being discussed in Germany, like you have to have a clear name on Telegram. And but. Yeah, Attila Hildmann is a clear example. He had his clear name. He was, it was clear who wrote these things, but the state took so long to prosecute any of this and let him flee the country. So I don't think having uh, an identify user uh, would help. So there was a mole inside the police that told him that basically the law was coming for him, which gave him enough time to flee the country. He left the country before uh, this information oh. anyway, but um, mm, okay. anonymous, uh, there are some people in Germany who really don't like him, who's leaked a lot of his personal information. So gotcha. that's where we know that he got uh, warned. Terrible. Could you imagine police being sympathetic to the far right? Uh, so one thing I want to talk about is it seems like there's quite a trend of people in the German far right who out and out flee the country. We talked a bit about there's a, apparently a colony in Paraguay of ex-Germans who want to start a new life. What exactly is that about? Is that this is this idea of people who would simply emigrate out rather than uh, continuing to live in Germany? That's not something we see a lot in the, the American far right, I have to say. In Germany, it's quite common. Um, at the moment, we have people living in the Philippines, in Canada, in Florida, several African countries, and in Eastern Europe countries. These are people who usually have problems with the law. Either they have to pay fines or um, they sort of flee the COVID restrictions that we have here. Some proclaim um, that they don't want to get vaccinated, and that's the reason uh, a lot of the countries they flee to now have the same rules that we have in Germany. So it's not that effective, but yeah, it's quite a trend of these patriots um, to leave the country <laughs> but still mobilizing uh, their followers to do illegal demonstrations here and break the law. Hmm. So as a consequence of, I guess, QAnon falling out of favor, would it be fair to say that like they sort of like QAnon sort of ideology is kind of like shrinking down or dying or it's just not as much of a problem or a threat in Germany as it was before? So if you look at the people who promoted QAnon for the longest time during the start of the pandemic um, in the growth, a lot of them stopped promoting it. And a lot of the specialized channels who only post QAnon content um, have shrunk. But like I said, there are still channels um, who were created last year who within a year managed to get 120,000 subscribers. So there's still a force in Germany of people who believe in this. 
I think the effect that we've seen more with, that we see, I think, with a lot of these movements is that in the beginning, they're quite effective in spreading their narratives and the brand is attractive. So a lot of these far-right and conspiracy influencer promoted. But if the brand is not in favor anymore and they don't use the label QAnon, but the narratives and the talking points that they imported are still uh, quite prevalent here. It's not that uh, people think, oh, yeah, there's this Q guy and he knows the truth and Trump is going to be our savior. But ideas of Satanism, ideas of um, child sex slaves, of um, sort of this world conspiracy um, is definitely still quite active here. And I think in this um, is sort of from, from the outside of the US, um, QAnon, in my opinion, has a really strong effect in globalizing the far right because um, the far right quite easily can influence um, QAnon in the US with far right narratives. And in Germany, um, people translate the narratives from QAnon um, on the same day. And we have a lot of far-right people in QAnon spaces, so it's quite easy for um, far-right narratives from the US to travel to a wider audience. And if you look at this, um, that uh, was way more effective than um, people who try to import the ideas of the alt-right. Yeah, it's definitely um, quite absurd that the, how often they just import these narratives. For example, the narrative about uh, voter fraud um, was during the last elections and the far right tried to push the narrative as they've seen that it was quite successful in the US. Mm. But QAnon um, sort of just copied uh, a little bit too close to the original and claiming that Dominion voting machines are used in Germany to change elections. <laughs> we, of course, don't have Dominion voting machines because we don't have voting machines in general. So it's quite absurd um, to see these people just um, copying the ideas that they've seen in the U.S. Telegram channel and think that's how the world works. Mm. Now, before we let you go, we also got to ask you about uh, Xavier Nadu, because apparently we we have a problem in the U.S. in which uh, you know celebrities promote far right narratives, including QAnon. Apparently, you have an R and B singer who you know says who basically goes to sovereignists and meetings and spreads uh, anti Semitic conspiracy theories. So, what what is his story? Yeah, he's one of the more famous uh, pop singer in Germany. An expert for the longest time talked about how his, his connection to the sovereign citizen movement is quite clear, but this always got denied. Um, he even sued someone who um, told about him that he was an anti-Semite. And he the, the person who claimed this lost in two courts, but now finally the third court allowed it. Um, but yeah... Um, he got fired from sort of our version of Pop Idol. He was a juror there because uh, he released a video where he was crying because he was so happy that uh, children were being rescued. And he was talking about adrenochrome. And uh, the reason for this video was um, in the beginning of the pandemic in New York, when in Central Park, the tents were being erected. And so he thought this was the example of uh, the mole children being rescued, and this uh, made him cry. And Oliver Yannick uploaded it to YouTube. It got 500,000 uh, views there. Uh, so it, it really helped uh, the spread of these uh, QAnon talking points in Germany. So from the beginning, the sovereign citizen movement and QAnon grew quite uh, close together. And we even got sort of a split from the main QAnon cult. Um, it's called SHAF. It stands for Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Forces. It was um, sort of um, at the end of the war, um, how the Allied forces coordinated their strikes um, in Europe. It was suspended two months after Germany um, gave up the war. 
But these people believe that Chef is still in power, that's still a military rule, and that's the way they can link um, Trump to Germany. Because um, the, the commander of Chef is the commander of the United States, so it would be Donald Trump. And it's um, sort of their sect of um, combining um, QAnon talking points and sovereign citizen talking points. And they're actually quite concerning. Um, we have uh, several people uh, claim they are commander of this force. And one of them was recently arrested because he regularly issued death warrants for his political enemies that should be hanged or should be killed. And these are people who are really lost in this world and think that because Germany is still um, under military law, uh, it's allowed to have a death sentence and calls for violence are quite uh, prevalent in this community. And this also shows how effective this can be in uh, permitting and getting around the bans on social media because you can find a lot of these chef claims and um, with the hashtag chef um, who are basically just QAnon mixed with Soren Citizen and these posts so far don't get deleted or, and spread there quite uh, widely. Yeah, they're quite good at figuring out how to modify the content so as to not get scooped up in any in any sort of bans or, or censorship or anything like that. Oh, and you also have uh, the storming of the Reichstag as a question, which I think is um, quite relevant, uh, as maybe the, the kicker of the story is not that known uh, in the U.S. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, one of the, um, I guess, inflammatory events that um, that was perpetuated by this sort of anti-lockdown um, protest movement involved in August 2020 incident in which um, a few hundred supporters, apparently, uh, of, of this movement broke off from the main crowd and uh, made it to the steps of the Reichstag, nearly broke through. So what exactly went down with that particular incident? When he saw the footage live of the Capitol on January 6th getting stormed, um, of course, these images uh, came to mind for us. There are quite um, some uh, comparisons that you can make. I think in both cases, it was clear that something was going to happen. In the German case, there was a telegram group called Storming of the Reichstag. Um, and it was quite uh, openly a plan for the long time for this movement to sort of break through here. Um, but there was a lot of demonstration on that day. And so the police took all their forces to somewhere else and was only guarded by three officers in the end. And um, direction in Germany was not compared to what the FBI is doing in the US right now. Of course, um, no one died and they didn't actually get in. But of course, for them, it was a really um, important event. They were on the steps with their flags and with their QAnon signs. Um, and I've seen these pictures shared uh, even in US um, far-right channels uh, quite often. And the sort of absurd story, as these things often uh, have, is that um, the, the moment that led to the storming was a QAnon believer going on stage and proclaiming that Donald Trump just landed in Berlin and to support the movement, to free Germany. And that's why they have to show support and storm the building. Of course, this uh, was uh, in the time where Donald Trump had better things to do than come to Germany to uh, free the people here. But it was actually the belief in QAnon and a QAnon believer who started um, 
this action. Yeah, there's there's a couple interesting sort of QAnon narratives that that have worked in Germany. One was that um, that there was a a group of special forces that raided a server farm uh, in in Germany, and and of course that that server farm you know uh, was alleged to have all of the proof uh, needed uh, you know to prove election fraud, and obviously the entire thing was made up. But it is interesting how how these two countries do sort of work each other into their narratives, maybe more so um, than other foreign countries. Um, is that right? I mean, I mean, I feel like I've yeah, heard more about Germany, definitely. like in regards to sort of made up QAnon narratives than I have, especially, you know, the Angela Merkel being Adolf Hitler's daughter and all of this stuff. There was also, Travis was telling us in the episode that uh, a group of QAnon supporters also gathered outside the Russian embassy and that they were proclaiming their approval of, of Vladimir Putin. What do you think that's all about? Yeah, this uh, was at the same time uh, where the uh, tried storming of the Reichstag in Germany. They were in the front mm-hmm. of the Russian embassy and the embassy of the United States. Finally, the, uh, the embassy of the United States tweeted at the time about how vaccination is a good thing. I think it was sort of trolling them if you were to read between the lines. Um, But in Germany, um, in the far right and in a conspiracy world, uh, Russia is seen sort of um, the the strongman who's here to save us. It's the evil West um, against um, this good liberator of the people. So they think that either um, Trump or Putin are the people who will save them. I think that's um, sort of an interesting uh, analysis of um, the German movement, especially that uh, QAnon got so popular here that they think the only way to get out of their problems is sort of a foreign strongman who will Mm. save them with this magical day of the storm. And so I think it quite clearly shows that they don't think they are able to do it on their own. And to the storming uh, of the server farm, a colleague of mine, Josef Hollenberger, actually tracked that story down uh, to a German guy starting it with just an absurd um, post that he made that sort of permutated through the internet until it reached the US. And I think it shows that um, with Germany being the biggest non-English speaking QAnon community, that of course we get influenced a lot of um, your talking points, but sometimes our talking points from Germany also travel back the way. And I think Germany being the biggest non-English speaking QAnon group, uh, you can see when our biggest channels uh, used to have 170,000 subscribers, groups of 60,000 subscribers on Telegram, when Ghost Ezra has like 300,000. So it's half of the biggest uh, international QAnon account. So I think Mm. that speaks for a huge audience uh, for this content that we have here. I wonder if there's any connection between sort of the end of World War II, where you had, you know, the Americans and the Russians working together to liberate concentration camps and and sort of um, you know bring about the the defeat of the Nazis if there's any of that emotion left over and sort of allows a conspiracy theorist to kind of believe the story that okay yeah the, the Americans and Russians will save us again even though this time it's from an imaginary enemy as opposed to a very real one what we definitely see is that um 
sort of this idea of living in fascist Germany is quite clear with them. We see a lot of talks about um, they dream about Nuremberg 2.0 and they want to do the <laughs> Nuremberg trials again, um, which led to the hanging of the people who were convicted. And so mm -hmm. it's just now the people they think are responsible for the pandemic are the people who should get hung up there. Sort of this dream of a justice day, like the dream of the storm is um, here yeah. with uh, clear allegations of um, the Third Reich. Fascinating. I just wanted to check in with you on that secret space program claim that um, part of the Nazis were good and went to space because they signed a treaty with the Draco reptilians. Yeah, as a specialist, obviously, I, I just wanted to run it by you. I don't think uh, the Nazis uh, would have used this technology. <laughs> okay yeah. clear so all right. all right yeah there it is there you have it julian if hitler had found a way to exterminate more people he would have done it um he wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. escaped <laughs> all right miro <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise uh where could people go to learn more about your work you can go to uh, the website of our organization uh, cms.io or you can just uh, follow me on twitter at Dietrich Miro. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Miro. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month. You can get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. And for everything else, we have a website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Bis nächste Woche, Zuhörer. Mögen die Tiefen der Auflaufform dich segnen und bewahren. It's not a conspiracy, it's uns pack. Wir wollen die Wahrheit. Sie schüren den Hass. Wir werden Verräter, Verschwörer und Lügner genannt. Verfolgt, überwacht, bestraft, zensiert und gebannt. Sie vernichten Glauben, Traditionen. Sie zerstören die Welt. Sie sind der Diebste, die Kabale. Der Teufel, das Geld. Es zählt weder Gott oder Rücksicht. Noch die Ehre, das Wort. Korruption, Betrug, Raub und Mord, sie brechen Gesetze, sie kaufen sich Krieg, betrachten den feigen Mord, ganzer Völker als Sieg, sie stoßen mit Kindern, ganz Kleine und Adrenochrom, Champagner und Blüter auf die perverse Toten, perfide Pläne des grubellosesten Hoffinanz. Lobby gelenkt, die Welt in Schrecken und Angst, dazu ihr Mainstream, formender Mediendreck, wäscht die Sklavengehirne und pflastert den Weg schon in der Kita ganz früh bis hin zur Akademie wird politisch korrekt, die Lüge indoktriniert mit Gift und Drogen, Impfung und Zuckerbrot. Folgt der Gutmensch der Schattenregierung bis in den Tod. Sie vergiften Freundschaft, Familie und jede Kultur. Ganze Völker und Landstriche. Und das nur, um noch reicher zu werden. An 
Leben, Geld und dann Macht. Dafür werden Nationen zu ihren Sklaven gemacht.